Well, our brother said, you didn't come to hear him. I hope you didn't come to hear me either. But you came to hear something from the Lord. Because really, there's not too much good in me. But I feel like I have something worthwhile to share with you this evening. And that is from the Word of God. It is not something um, that comes original from me. And so, I, I count it an honor. I don't know if that... That uh, projector, I think I said it was shutting off within a minute. If brother, if you could get that thing back on maybe just to make sure. I count it a real honor to be here. I know very little of you guys. And I said, man, what faith this church must have to invite. Well, there I know someone back there. Esther Zeger and Anolt back there. And, and of course, everybody's grandfather, Ray Yutzi. <laughs> he's, he's like the world's grandfather is here this evening. And so I don't know many of you, and I count it an honor to come here and to share with you. Um, and I, I, you will probably find out that I'm not going to bring much to you that is new. But you know what? I, my prayer is that I will draw you or point you into a closer walk with Jesus. And that you will leave this week, this half week of meetings, and you will come to a place where you're more in love with Jesus because you've been reminded of some things that, as we look into the Word. And that's my prayer. Not that maybe you walk out of here and you're like, oh man, that guy just... Because you're not going to be blown away by anything really great and new because I'm just an average Joe who really loves Jesus. But I want to inspire you and reignite the passion in you to love Jesus wholeheartedly and take the gospel message into this world. And so that's my prayer. A little bit about myself, not that myself is important. I talk really loud, so you're finding that out already, right? Um, a little bit about myself. I um, am married to the most beautiful woman here, probably. You recognize her already? <laughs> she said, stop it. Uh, I have been married now um, 20, let's see here, 24 years. 20, it's going on 24 years. And... I have five children, and my oldest is 32 years old. And you say, wow, you look really good. And I say, amen. No. Um, my, my back, uh, shortly after we were married, my wife said hello to a girl over uh, the fence. And I say, be careful who you say hello to over the fence. Because in a, in a, a, little, bit, in a little while, that girl was in our home. And we helped... A neighbor lady, we helped raise two of her children. They, became, they came into our home, and um, shortly thereafter, they, I mean, they, we started babysitting them. They came into our home, and we, started, we raised them. At, when they were 11 and 7, they came in our home at full time. And so we had the opportunity of raising those two girls. Those girls today are now 32 and 28. One is serving the Lord and faithfully serving the Lord, and one is not. And today, that, that, one, that one girl, she, she's, we had a good relationship up until about a couple weeks ago. And she got angry with something I said. And I told her this week, I sent her a little note and I said, I love you. I still love you. And she eventually sent me back a thumbs up. She knows I love her, but she's made a lot of bad decisions in life. And that, that, that pains my heart uh, this evening. But she's not serving the Lord. Then I have three uh, children biologically. And that's Brooklyn right there, uh, and who is 15. Dallas sitting over here is 14, and Addison who is 10. And I love being a dad. I love being a dad. 
Um, and so that is a little bit about my, my life. I live in the city of Reading, a uh, city of about roughly 120,000 people. And I work as a maintenance man in, in rental homes. And so that's a little bit about my life. Not that my, it's very important. I live in a row house. My neighbor is about eight inches away from me. I hear them going up the steps to use the bathroom. I can knock on the wall and talk to them if I wish. You probably think that is absolutely crazy and couldn't imagine with all the cornfields out here. I get, I get a little scared when I get out here. But uh, yeah, God has been good to me. I, I tend to be, um, you know, my church family would say Jason is a little bit crazy. Not crazy. I, I'm very animated, and so I'm going to share a story with you as soon as I get this plugged in here. I'm going to share a story with you that happened to me a couple years ago. I, was, I used to deliver Little Debbie snack cakes for, for a living, and one day I stopped at this McDonald's, and I was standing in line to get lunch. I decided I was going to get lunch at this McDonald's, and in front of me, there was two people, and this, the, the second person in front of me had a bag, and in that, I, every once in a while, they'd look at this bag, and they'd look at this bag, and, was, and, and then close it back up. We were waiting in line. You know, fast food ain't really fast anymore. Right? And she'd open it back up and she'd look at it again, or he, sorry, and pull it back up. And this happened a few times, and the guy that was right in front of me all of a sudden grabbed the bag and ran out the door. And me being the, the kind of guy that I am, I leaped into action and I ran out the door and I chased this guy, running with this bag, I didn't know it was in this bag, and we run it across the street and he went through this uh, fence row of you know, shrubbery and I jumped on and I tackled him down. And I grabbed the bag and I opened up the bag to see what was so special. And you know what was in the bag? Who said that? <laughs> it was, I told the story before you heard it. It was baloney, just like this story. Total fabrication. I told you a story that was totally fabricated. You must have heard me tell that before. <laughs> Anyways, I am thankful tonight that I traveled the whole way from Reading, Pennsylvania to Kelowna, Iowa for not to tell you a story about baloney, but to tell you the truth. And the truth is in God's word. I am so thankful tonight that we have the truth. Aren't you thankful for the truth of God's word? When the world is so shaken and so confused and so lost, but we have the word of God to stand on. That's exciting to me. We don't have to be arrogant about the truth, but we can be confident in the truth here tonight. The situation of mankind was this. Man sinned, and we were separated from God. Here is sinful man. Here is holy God. Separated. Okay, this is no, this is no secret to you guys. This is very, you, you know this. You, many of you have grown up in the church. You're Christian people. And I want to remind you of our situation. Here is man sinful. Here is God holy. We cannot. We're separated. And God realizes that, and God says, I love mankind so much that I am going to send my son, because I love him so much, to bring this relationship back together. And he sends his only son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, to die on the cross for our sins, us be, allowing us to be reunited with God. That should excite you, because you have done enough to be separated from God. You all look like a good bunch of people, but the reality is, you're just a bit messy. Can anybody say amen? <laughs> Just like me, we're a bit messy. And God loved us so much, he came and he, he reunited us with, 
with, uh, Jesus came and reunited us with God. And many of you here stand tonight in a relationship with God because of what Jesus Christ has done. And then we wonder, what should we be doing? Like, okay, so we're saved. And so my message tonight is about my father's business, the call on every Christian. Do you ever feel like you've lost your way? Maybe you wonder, why am I here? What is my purpose? Maybe you're focused, but you have a misdirected focus. Maybe you're saying, you know what, I'm saved. I think I'm, I'm doing enough to get to heaven. We want to take a, f a fresh look this evening. Uh, what does it look like to be about my father's business? What does it look to be? Okay, now we're, we're born again. Okay, we've been reunited. Now what? Many Christians just, they get to that place and they say, okay, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. And, you know, okay. But I say to you, now what? Now what? I want to look at an example from, from Jesus. I'm going to read. And I'm going to put most of the scripture up here this evening. This is from the New King James Please don't be offended if I use a different version than the King James. I love the King James. I read the King James. But sometimes it's just easier to understand it in a little different version. So I hope you're not offended by that this evening. It will be up here. I'm going to read from the New King James here. This is Jesus. This is a story about Jesus from Luke 2. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know. But supposing him to have been, with, to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Not so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of, his, midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understandings and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why do ye seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement in which he spoke. Christ's example here, his calling and his duty was about his father's God, the father, his business. And our calling, Christians here tonight, our calling is to be about our father's business. That is your calling. His parents didn't understand, but he was willing Jesus was willing to do the will of the Father knowing the cost. He knew the cost and still came. When you surrender your life to Jesus Christ here this evening, it is time to carry out your calling. It is time to carry out your calling. When you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, when you recognize what he has done for you, it is time to carry out your calling. Do you need to re refresh the vision in your mind tonight? What is your purpose? You know, when COVID came, I don't know, you know, here in Iowa, I don't know, COVID was probably less of a thing here than it was. I, I live in a city, and, you know, people, this, this is a true story. I was working at a house the one day, and uh, I said, 
I wasn't able to come last week. I got COVID. I got, I was a little, I'm pretty sure I got COVID because I couldn't taste and smell for two weeks, you know. I was kind of panicking that I couldn't taste my wife's good cooking anymore. That's the only thing I was worried about. But I said, I wasn't here for a while, and, and the gentleman said to his wife, he said, See, Nilsa, you can live. You can actually live. And I, re I recognized, man, these people think they're all going to die. And so COVID was a big thing in our area because people were paranoid. It was kind of a, um, you know, yeah, it was a big thing. Maybe, uh, and there was a fallout even in Christianity in, in our, our circles. And so through all of that, the message from the world was this. The world's solution was put the right person in government, store up money, maybe ammunition, possessions, take care of yourself. And maybe COVID wasn't a big thing for you, but there's sometimes in life when some things come into our lives, maybe it's financial problems, maybe it's health issues, whether uh, maybe it's relationship problems, spiritual struggles, or life just swallows us up. And sometimes we need a reset and step back from those things and say, what is God calling me to do with my life? Have you ever had that experience where you came up against something? Yeah, maybe you had a struggle, whatever it is. You step back and you said, what am I doing with my life? What am I supposed to be doing in life? There's been times in my life where I've come up against that and be like, man, I'm 43 years old now. What am I really doing with my life? You know, I get up in the morning and I go to work and I, I do my work and, you know, I come home and I go to bed and get up and do the same thing. And I wonder, what am I really doing with my life? Am I really about the Father's business? Sometimes we need a, a reset. Sometimes we just need a refresh. Have you ever just said, God, refresh my spirit. Refresh my desire. Whatever you want from, from me, God, refresh it. Renew it. Help me to understand what you really want from me. And so that's what I want you to Tonight to, to think about, God, what are you calling me to do? Refresh my vision for, for what you want in my life. And sometimes it's really good to, to evaluate what God's calling is on your life. Sometimes it's more than just laboring and doing these things and, and earning money and whatever it is. Becoming good at snowboarding or, you know, I said, I, I said to my uh, a gentleman at our church, we had... A guy came into our church last week and he shared his testimony and he was a, a bad child. And somebody came and knocked on his door and took him to church. And to make a long story short, that man became a Christian. He's now a leader of a Christian college because somebody showed him love. And I stood there and I, I talked to the guy afterwards and I said, you know. And he was talking about how these people came and knocked on his door every, every Saturday. I'm like, I don't have the time. I don't want to go banging on everybody's door on a Saturday. Like, I want to do something else in my flesh. But that's about the Father's business. That's about the Father's business. He, he was surrendered. That, that, that church, they were giving up things that they wanted to do for the things that were way more important. I like to do the things that I like to do. But sometimes the things that I want to do are not things that, that um, God is calling me to do. And sometimes it is um, some, something in our lives that brings us back. Henry Cloud said this, We lose purpose in crisis 
Recasting vision renews the sense of purpose, moves us from a mindset of survive to thrive, and refocuses our lives to live on mission. Most of all, vision creates hope, reminds us that God designed us to live for something bigger than ourselves. And we get caught up in ourselves a lot, don't we? Listen to that again. Most of all, vision creates hope and reminds us that God designed us to live for something bigger than ourselves. Reestablishing vision, direction, hope gives us meaning, purpose, and energy to, and energy to life. I want to recast a vision for you tonight for mankind. I want to remind you and myself that regardless of life's circumstances, trials, changes in our lives, changes in the government, changes at church or this world, God's promises and God's call on our lives has not changed. I say this, our mission remains unchanged. Regardless of the things in your life, regardless of who's in government, those things don't change. What God, the word of God doesn't change. Our calling doesn't change. Sometimes we're very reactionary people. Oh, this is happening, so we've got to respond this way. We're going we're to do this because this is happening in government, or this is happening in my family. No, it does not change. Our calling does not change. What God has called us to, his promises are still the same. The word of God stands unchanged. I'd like to read um, from... Uh, 2 Peter 2, Peter's reminder, this is the second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the Holy Prophet said long ago, what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth, following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command. And he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and the earth has been stored up for fire. They are bringing... They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. A thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found, will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised. A world filled with God's righteousness. And look at this. And so, dear friends, okay, this is what he's calling it, calling us to. While you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. That's what he's calling us. To. That's, that's what our calling is. Pure and blameless in his sight. 
Reading on. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things in all his letters, some of his comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture, and this will result in their destruction. Peter's final words here. You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus and Savior Jesus Christ. All glory to him both now and forever. We lose focus. We lose focus of God's call on our life when we start listening to the message of the world around us. That's when we lose focus. When we get out of the word of God, okay, the truth, and when we start listening to the world around us, May I say this to you this evening, that I don't believe that politically conservative radio aligns too much with the teachings of Jesus many times. Is that okay to say? But many of us, I have to get some water here, I'm saying all these hot things, it's heating me up. By the way, he said, the brother said, you can move that if you want to. He said, uh, I don't, if you move your hands a lot, you might knock it off. I said, the very, sermon, very first sermon I preached, I knocked the water off. So I'll try not to do that tonight. I'm not sure that sports talk radio aligns too much with the teachings of Jesus. And you know, both of those things that I mentioned, sometimes I do. I listen sometimes to politically conservative radio. And sometimes I listen to sports talk. I, I realize that a lot of media today, YouTube, Netflix, Amazon Video, Whatever show you may watch or you may entertain yourself does not reflect the teachings of Jesus. And so we lose focus, friends, when we take our eyes on, off of Jesus and the truth of God's word and when we fill ourselves with what the world is telling us. And then we, oh, we forget really what being about God's business is. And ignorance, it's not okay to be ignorant. That's not an excuse. Let me say this, most good Bible-based preaching and teaching is full of hope, is, is, is full of the things of God. I can personally testify to mood changes and spirit changes. When I listen, when I listen to things of this world and the message of this world, you know what I, I come away with? I come away fearful, I come away discouraged. I don't know if that's been your experience at all. But when I saturate myself with good teachings and in the word of God, my spirit is lifted. And so we lose our focus and our calling when we become listening to other things. The Bible says this from Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. Are you walking with the wise? Or are you feeding on the foolish? Another way we lose focus is when we start comparing ourselves among ourselves. Listen to me. Other Christians are not your standard here this evening. I do it too often. Oh, you know what? Oh, that brother, yeah, they, that family does that. It must be okay. Or it must be, you know, that must help them grow in the Lord, right? It's not hurting them. There's too many times I hear what other Christian people do and I wonder, Really? Is that really drawing their heart closer to Jesus? 
Is that really making them more effective in, in, in carrying out God's business? There's many times, as I said, that the, world, that the church is presenting things as something that is good, and I believe that it is misrepresenting who our God is. And so I say this evening, be careful that we don't compare ourselves amongst ourselves. Because the standard is not the brother beside you. The word of God and what, what Jesus says is the standard of our lives. And so we need to be careful. We will, become, we will get off track and we will lose focus if that's the case. I'd like to read a little bit. This is what the word of God is calling us to. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you as dear children, this, again, this is what we're supposed to be. This is the message that we should be hearing. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Listen to this. This is not the message of the world. This is many times not the message of sometimes the people beside us. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories. A lot of that junk out in the media. A lot of that junk out in Hollywood. And the reality is, you know what? The devil is so sly. The devil is so sly. Many of you grew up in a setting, which I did too, where we did not have TV. My dad was an evangelist for many years, and he would pound the pulpit and say, that box is going to take you to hell! He would say things like that. The reality is that everybody, everybody here has a TV now. You, if you have a cell phone, a smartphone, you have access to way more than anybody who had, who had 30 channels on their, their, their fuzzy TV back 40 years ago. All right? You have way more access to things. And there's a lot of obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. And what does Ephesians say? Or what does Paul say? These things are not for you. If we're going to be about our father's business, we need to be careful, friends. And I'm speaking to myself. It's so easy. It's so easy. These days, to sit and be entertained by the world's junk. Because it's so, it's so right there. But remember what I said. The word of God has not changed. Our calling has not changed. Regardless of the world's message, regardless of the world's tactics. And what I said about God, being, I mean, Satan being so smooth. You know, we stood there and we said, no TV, no TV. And slowly came. I remember... My dad came back from uh, the, the Brian meetings one year, and he said, the pastor got up there and said, he had a little flip phone, and he said, this is going to be the most dangerous thing. And my dad came home and said, and I said, the most dangerous thing to the Christian? A little flip phone? But the reality is, that was true. That was true. It has destroyed a lot of lives. It has taken a lot of time from us. Verse 5, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and the God. For the greedy person is idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. And you see it all over the church today. Oh, you know, it's all about being comfortable and, you know, accepting everyone. No, the word of God still hasn't changed. For the anger of God will fall on those who disobey him. Don't participate in these things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but listen to me, as Christians now, now you have the light from the Lord, so live as people as light. For this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. The light inside of you, Jesus Christ, when his Holy Spirit comes into your life, it changes you, it changes your desires. 
It produces what is good, right, and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because you will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to the God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God is calling us to. Okay, that's what God is calling us to. Three things, three things that we want to consider this evening to be about the, our Father's business, in reference to our Father's business, is these three. The cost, the call, and the commission. The cost, the call, and the commission. The cost first. It's going to cost you everything. If you're going to be about your father's business, it's going to cost you everything. Are you willing to give up everything to be about the father's business here tonight? Everything. Think about that. What about relationships? Luke 14, 26 says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, his own life... Also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, we recognize that God is not calling us to, to hate our, our father and mother. But he is calling us to give up, to be willing to give up um, everything. There is people in this world that, are, that, that, that they come to a place where they actually have to give up family and relationships to follow Jesus Christ and to be about his business. Here, here it might not be really relevant but i think of a, a a couple in our church they decided in the last year that they're going to leave their cozy home in Reading, pennsylvania i say cozy home kind of smiling on 10th street where the shootings every other day but they're going to leave that place and they're going to go they, they just went last week and they went to the deepest darkest mexico southern mexico in the middle of nowhere to take the gospel to those two unreached people they went down there as an uh, They just went down to explore, and they're probably going to go back there full time. You know what they're giving up to be about the father's business? They're giving up the family. They have, they have, they have two, three, three young children. They're giving up time with grandma and grandpa, and a you know a nice church setting to be about the father's business. They're willing. The cost, they're willing to, to do that, to be about their father's business. You're also going to have to give your future dreams. Luke 14, 27, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. This is a prayer that I don't know that I can pray very often, but listen to this. Can you pray this? Anytime, anywhere, anytime, anything Whatever, God. Are you willing to pray that tonight? That's a scary prayer. You want to talk about a scary prayer? Say, God, anything. I'll give up everything. Anything. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. 
You know what? That's what he's calling us to do. After uh, we, heard, uh, we had a sermon similar, not exactly like this, but about the cost. And I, I stood up and I talked to the brother behind me. He said, I don't know that I can pray that prayer. I'm not. And I struggle here tonight to pray that prayer. Because I, I'm, not, I'm kind of scared of what God might do with me or want to do with me or what, where he might want to take me. But to be about our father's business and to be completely surrendered to that, we got to be able to say, God, whatever you want. It's not about me, it's about you. How can we pursue Jesus' desires for a life if we are chasing our own desires? You ever think about that? How can we pursue his desires if we're chasing our own? But consider this, that God is not going to, God is not a ripoff. When it comes to your dreams and desires for your life, God doesn't just come in and take them and, and take those all away. As we surrender our life to him, he actually gives us new dreams and new desires. And that's the beautiful thing about him. When we come to him and say, God, you know what? I'll do anything. He doesn't just, God's not just like, I just can't wait to stick it to Jason Fox, man. Take all away the things that he wants to do. And just, no, you know what he does? He changes our heart. And as we surrender to him, he says, you know what? I'm going to give you, I'm going to change your desires. And then our desires change. And then we feel there is no better place in the world to be than in the will of God. No better place to be. It looks scary. But the same God that is within us in this situation, when we surrender our lives to him and we step out of this situation, we say, anywhere God, he's there too. And the peace of God is worth way more than you can pay or buy. King David said this, take the light of the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. How about this? The cost? Fading possessions. What is your perspective on your possessions this morning, uh, this evening? Luke 14, 33 says this, so likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all, forsake all that he he has cannot be my disciple. Let me read that again. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. What is your perspective on your possessions? Do you view your possessions as a source of happiness, self-worth, or meaning in life? Or do you view your possessions as a tool God gives you to steward well for your good and his glory? You know, the reality is, as we as Anabaptist people, we have lots of possessions. We're hard workers. In, 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 our, in our culture and in our land, if you're honest, you're a hard worker. You can make a lot of money. That's just the reality. If you're honest, you work hard in America, you can become very wealthy. And possessions can become something that is really, really big. Your answer to the question is important because possessions could be the barrier that keeps you from fully following Jesus. It's not that having stuff is bad. Don't think for a second that Jesus is 100% against nice things. However, Jesus is 100% against thing, the things we prioritize in our life more than him. They're called idols. He, Jesus is not against things. But when those things become more important, and we hold on to those things more important. No, God, I am not giving up this. This is who I am. This is, you know, and they're more important than that's called an idol. They're called idols, and they need to be torn down. 
You may think, you know, in, in regards to our possessions, it sounds pretty crazy to just, you know, give up everything. We must, we, we got to work and we got to provide for our families. We need houses to live in, cars to drive, food to eat. We need time to relax and refresh with recreation and vacation. But I humbly ask you here this evening, do we need the most expensive car? Do we need the most beautiful house? Do our possessions match that of a person who is focused on another kingdom and about our father's business? When somebody looks at you, do they say, wow, he's focused on another kingdom? Or do they say, wow, he's focused on his kingdom? I can't answer that for you. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to answer that. I want you to look at that introspectively and say, what is God, calls, what is God calling me to do in regards to my, my possessions? The second point here is the call. Our goal is not just, our, our, our calling is not just to, to, to get to heaven. Our goals should not be uh, just to get to heaven. Our purpose is to be an image bearer or a reflection of Christ. So he receives the honor and glory to bring his kingdom. We are ambassadors, which God has called us to on this earth to act as, act as representatives who would reflect him and represent him as a steward on this earth. I'd like to read here from Ephesians 4. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They, they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and, and your formal way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. This is what ambassadors do. Ambassadors reflect the king and the kingdom wherever they go. Ambassadors represent the values, character, beliefs, and priorities of their king. Ambassadors work to expand the interest and the glory of the king and the kingdom. Does this look like your life this evening? Do you reflect the king and the kingdom where you, wherever you go? Do you represent the values, the character, the beliefs, the priority of your king? Do you work to expand the interest and the glory of the king? Lastly, I'm going to jump down. I'm going to skip through a couple notes here because I don't want to bore you out this evening. But I want to talk about the commission. The last is the commission. And to be about Christ's business, we know the cost, we know the call, and we know the commission. God just doesn't want your glory here this evening. He wants every individual to, to, to give him glory and carry out their, their creation purpose. He wants to know them personally. God wants to know them personally so he can pour out his love on them. The only way for God to thoroughly show his love to us is through a relationship with his son. This is when we can see the true love of God, a God who longs to pour out his love on his creation. Will you be the person who carries us out? This, this last week, I had an opportunity. We have a... a, a a mission on Wednesday nights to, to a basketball ministry of guys. And I got the opportunity to speak, and I was laying it down, man. I was preaching those guys. They're, they're, they're men who come from the city there who don't know Christ at all. 
and I was, I was really, and it came to the time to pray, and I said, um, men, I said, bow your heads, I'm going to pray, and I, I started praying, I said, God, I pray that your spirit would pursue these men, and you would make them miserable in their sin, and until they give their heart and life to Jesus Christ, and as soon as I said, make them miserable in their sin, the one guy said, ah, oh, come on, man, why you got to pray that, why you got to pray that? And I just started busting up laughing. I mean, I had never had somebody stop me in the middle of a prayer and say, Come on, man, why are you praying that? And this guy was one guy who I didn't think ever listened. All right? So he must have been listening that night, listening to my prayer. And I stopped and I said, You know what? I love you enough to pray that prayer. And God loves you enough to make you miserable in your sin until you give your life to Jesus Christ. I said, I'm going to finish my prayer. And so I continued my prayer. And I, and I prayed, and at the end, we dismissed, and I wondered really what he thought, and I was so thankful that the Spirit was working in him. But friends, sometimes we get so caught up in life that we forget what we are called here to do, and that is carry out the commission, make disciples. From Romans 10, verses 9 through 15, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him, you will never be disgraced. Jew or Gentile are the same in his respect. They have the same Lord who gives generos generously to all who call on, on him. Now listen to this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save unless they believe, unless, I'm sorry, call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. It is the very heart of God. It is what it is the Father's business to be about telling people about Jesus Christ. Is it your goal every day? It should be your passion to be telling other people about Jesus Christ. The story is told one time where a man lived, he lived in a house here, and he, and he had this, this neighbor beside him. This is, not, this is a hypothetical story, obviously. And this man... Watch this, this, uh, this family over there, a Christian family, and watch them day after day after day live their life. And he saw that the father was kind, and the children were kind, and the wife was kind, and worked hard. And then one day that man died. And he went into eternity, a Christless eternity. And he was able to look back, and he said, and he, he, he realized that this man knew Jesus Christ, and he said, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? And that man lived his life, but he never told that man what, why, why he was different. And you know what? It's really hard to be about God's, Christ, um, his business because it's, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something, as I spoke. The cost, the call, the commission. I want to give you an illustration before I, I close here this evening. Imagine this is your life here this, this evening. 
this, this, uh, this end here is your life. Many of us, we live our lives really focused and really hard because we want to make this last little bit really good. And so we spend all of our lives about ourselves because we, you know, or even maybe some small segments in this. You know, we want to make those, so we work really hard, we spend all our time so we can go on a vacation for ourselves. We, uh, we work really hard and uh, we spend all our time, you know, whatever, to buy maybe a cabin. Everybody goes to the cabin. I don't know. Pennsylvania, they all go to the cabin. The, the cabin. I don't know where the cabin is, but, you know, it must be this grand big place. Or we, you know, we, we work real hard because we want a, a really nice house. And so we spend all of our time focused on this little bit. And you know what this is all, most, most of the time this is all about? Is it about the Father's business a lot, sometimes? Not too often. Many times it's about ourselves. If we're really honest with ourselves, a lot of the things we do are for ourselves. But God is calling us to be about His business. And so we focus all about these things when the reality is that we should be focused about this because this is eternity. And eternity... What we do here counts for all of this. And all of this. And I should have unwrapped my rope so my illustration was better. Sorry, Dean, you're going to have to sweep it up. But it goes on. And eternity goes on. And it goes on. It goes on. And on. And on. And on. And on. Here we go. And on. And so I ask you here tonight, how are you living your life? When people look at your life, do they say, you know, it's about the father's business in that man? Or is it about yourself? Are you really worried about the call on your life, the commission? Or are you worried about yourself? Because this is what really matters. This is what really matters. So I challenge you this evening. Are you willing to give up everything for the sake of Christ? Are you willing to give up everything for the sake of Christ? Are you willing to pray that prayer tonight? You know, I'll do anything. I want to be about the Father's business. I don't want to be about Jason's business. I want to be about his business. Because that is the call on your life. That is the call on your life. The call is... To represent him well, bringing his kingdom to this earth by keeping our lives free from sin so that he receives the honor and the praise. So my question to you this evening is, are, is there patterns, habits, maybe ambitions, or sin that is causing you to ineffectively carry out your purpose and calling? Are there any patterns in your life that you need to change to carry out the Father's business here tonight? Maybe there's some things you need to quit listening to. Maybe there's some things you need to quit watching. Is there any habits that you need to stop doing that are not about the Father's business, that are hindering you from carrying out the Father's business?
Maybe there's some ambitions that you're pursuing that are pretty selfish and that don't allow you to be carrying out the Father's business. Or maybe simply there's sin in your life that you need to get rid of. I ask you to quietly reflect about those things and see what God is calling you. I, you know, I can't look into your life here this evening. I don't know anything about many of you. And so I ask you to honestly just look at your own life and say, God, what, what are, is there anything that you're speaking to me about? I'm not going to give an invitation here tonight, but I want you to prayerfully, personally consider. Is there anything that I need to change in my life? Anything I need to give up? Anything, any pattern I need to stop? Any ambition that I need to give up? Any sin that I must stop doing and repent of? To be about your business. Because friends, it's not about you. It's about him. It's about him. Prayerfully consider that. And I challenge you, if God has moved in your heart tonight, that you would honestly go to somebody in this church and say, you know what, this is an area in my life that I want, I want to work on, that I want to change, that I want to, I, I, want to, I want to do better in. This is an area that God spoke to me. You know, there's something about good about accountability and doing something like that. So I challenge you, if, if, if God has spoken to you, that you do that. You go to somebody and say, you know what, this is what God has spoken to me tonight, and I want to be more about my father's business. Why don't we all stand and have a word of prayer and we'll dismiss.